listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Hey, this is Money Talk, and in your money today, Carolyn Wright speaks with entrepreneur Ankit Suri on the support he's received in launching a new personal financial planning app here in Hong Kong. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. Hong Kong has been keen to position itself as a global fintech hub. And today I'm talking to the CEO of a homegrown fintech business. He is Ankit Suri of Planto to find out a little bit about his journey with a startup here, along with a look at the health of the sector. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for the opportunity, Carolyn. So let's kick off with a little bit about your story. What does Planto do and what was the gap that you spied in the market when you were thinking about uh, personal financial planning? It's, it's actually quite a personal story, but uh, Planto started out in 2018 with the mission of bringing innovation to personal finance and digital banking. Um, it all started when, uh, you know, I graduated from my university with a little credit card bill uh, because I realized that I've been paying minimum payments instead of uh, the full statement balances. And so I realized that actually a lot of these little terminologies related to financial education, people don't realize that. And and obviously there's more complex problems as well, like people holding a lot of cash, not investing properly or, you know, speculating a lot. And we realize that financial education is something that, that needs to be solved and it needs to be solved using technology instead of, you know, the existing uh, educational uh, frameworks. So that's why we started Planto. We, we felt that we should bring technology to the sector and, 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 uh, and bring innovation to this. And it sounds like you're starting at the very beginning with simple things that a lot of us get wrong, that you can end up paying quite a substantial amount of money if you choose to only pay the minimum payments on your credit card. That's right. The interest rates are extremely high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not the ideal scenario to yeah. be in. Why is it important to you to help people understand the financial decisions they are making? Is this just because of your own personal experience or is this a, a wider thing that you saw from your friends also? And definitely a big uh, personal uh, personal reason behind this. Uh, back in 2008, when financial crisis had happened, uh, we were in Indonesia, and my dad had lost his job, which which created a little bit of issues in our family when it comes to you know me completing my high school as well. So I I do feel that um, you know he could have made better choices when it comes to his own personal finances, but he didn't have the education to actually you know do that. And I and I wanted to make sure that you know if people. If people can avoid making these mistakes, it's something that, you know, they should be aware of it. And I felt that it was really an awareness problem instead of like, uh, you know, instead of this and, 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 and more so that, you know, I felt that there was technology happening all around us. We could order a cab from a phone. We could order food from our phone. But then when it comes to fixing our personal finance, you know, there was nothing that was really helping us proactively. And, and, and I felt that if we can avoid a mistake, we should. So what kind of support have you had as a, a Hong Kong business setting up here in the city? You know, you had this great idea. Then what? where do you go from there? Yeah, so actually we started out in Hong Kong uh, primarily because uh, I studied here. My co-founders also studied here. We knew the market really well. Uh, but it's also such a great financial uh, you know, hub for the world. Um, Lots of financial institutions are here. Global financial institutions are here. And we felt that if we get started here, it'll be easy to scale up the impact given the ecosystem around us who serve customers around the world. So we've had a lot of support. We actually started out uh, you know, with the help of 
HKU giving us an office space at the university as part of their entrepreneurship center. Ecosystems like Cyberport helping us out with initial funding required to build the product as well as, uh, uh, you know, actually being accepted by a homegrown accelerator uh, for our first round of funding as well. We've received help from like, you know, both the government related funding uh, schemes as well as like universities as well as individual investors as well. And lastly, the customers, of course, who have been a great part of our success. And one more thing I want to add here is that as a company, we started out as a consumer focused company, but we are now evolved into actually working with financial institutions directly. And what's a better place to do it than Hong Kong? Because there's so many banks here who serve customers globally. So you obviously got support from a variety of different sources. How easy was it for you to, to get that? Did you have to reach out and was it complex in terms of, you know, filling out forms and waiting through procedures? And is there anything that could change to help that? So one of the biggest strengths of Hong Kong is that it's this city of seven and a half million people of people who are extremely talented, but who are always at a one degree connection to you. It's so easy to approach people here. I've never seen that happen anywhere else in the world. No matter where anybody lives, it's just a one hour bus ride away, right? And that's really where, uh, you know, it was really simple for us to navigate because we just knew someone who could just introduce us to someone if needed. Applications were straightforward, but I think there's nothing inherently wrong with the processes. A struggle is part of entrepreneurship. You're going to get rejections. You're going to wait to meet people. People, you know, have to, you know, do their own thing as well. So I don't inherently think there is any procedural problem as such. I think the only thing I would say is that um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, Hong Kong has had a little, um, you know, uh, setback in the last few years where the global perception of Hong Kong grown companies hasn't been great for to help us get funding for future growth. So I, I think that's where we have had to, you know, work towards changing the Hong Kong's uh, reputation as well, as well as, uh, you know, uh, navigating our own growth based on the reality of, uh, you know, how the city has moved as well. So I think that's the only thing that, that we have seen as a little struggle. Well, I think that's a, a very important lesson to be learned there, that as a, a startup, as an, as an entrepreneur, you shouldn't be scared to fail and for people to say no to you in, in those early days because it's their choice to, to do that. Yeah. And, and you learn your lessons from that. The government has been making quite a lot of moves since we've moved away from the whole pandemic situation. And do you think they are making the right kind of moves to attract companies back? Because you said, you know, there were those difficult times during that period. Yeah, I mean, uh, like in the world of fintech, for example, Hong Kong is trying to create a great reputation for itself by being a progressive uh, by rolling out progressive policies in the world of Web3, for example. I think these are all things that you know, bring back Hong Kong to the limelight when it comes to technologies and fintech and various forward-looking stuff. And, and, and I think that's, that's the greatest thing. Um, COVID was difficult for the city, but the government is willing to move on and, you know, bring back Hong Kong into the limelight. And it's great that we are looking at, you know, technology sector as well, because that's one thing where, you know, I felt that um, it wasn't always the focus of the city, but it's now becoming the focus, which is great. It does seem that way. Now, obviously, you're an expert around the financial space, and I would love to get your views on what you think the next big trends, what is going to really kind of disrupt the digital banking space, financial planning space next? 
I think data. Data is a pretty big thing. Um, one of the one of the things that we've always been looking at is what COVID did was it basically accelerated digital adoption. You know, banks didn't have branches to basically talk to people. People couldn't go to banks directly in order to talk to them or share their circumstances. They had to do so using their mobile banking app. And so with that, new data has been generated about, you know, customers. New transactions have happened as a result of COVID. Now, how do you use that data to actually proactively and predictively understand a consumer's personal finance situation so that the bank can now start to advise the customers around, you know, how they can improve them. Um, I think that's the next big trend in the world of financial planning and personal finance. Um, and, and I think as a city, city is looking at various um, data policies as well to enable this kind of innovation. So a lot of exciting things to come. One thing that's been talked about an awful lot recently, and and possibly to to the bad side of things, is the rise of AI. Because we've heard a lot of what's been going on with Chat GPT is you know kids are getting their homework done for them. People might be fishing money away from you. But do you see that as a as a good tool for helping develop the financial space? I think uh, Chat GPT is great in order to bring efficiency uh, in 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 day to day operations um, in the in the in the personal finance space, for example, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of manual work that one needs to do. Uh, like, for example, I need to look through all my statements in order to identify some certain transactions. Sometimes, AI technologies can really help me um, identify information easily as a user. And on the bank side, a lot of processes required a lot of manual work, like going through tons of paperwork. Um, going through, you know, trying to identify the right information. I think all of that is where AI and sort of image recognition-based technologies can come in and help. And ChatGPT is moving towards that. Um, so I don't think ChatGPT is going to replace anyone because it's not as intelligent as we think uh, based on personal experience. But it's definitely a great efficiency tool in sort of aggregating the existing information that exists really fast. Fantastic. Really interesting to hear your point of view on that. And lovely that you could join me today. That was Ankit Suri. He is CEO of Planto, a locally homegrown business.